Coming up, are you trying to raise money to finish your app development? Well, today's guest shares how his successful Kickstarter campaign led to his very first investor. You'll also discover why it pays to show vulnerability in your Kickstarter campaign, how to validate your value proposition, and finally, how they are using data to build new features. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. AppRadar will save you time with their unified and connected ASO workflow and save you money with their Apple Search Ads team who will optimize your campaigns and increase your ROAS. Go to AppRadar.com to learn more. With over 120 million happy users, Theorem Reach is helping app developers make more money with fun, rewarded surveys that you can easily add to your app. Go check out theoremreach.com to learn more. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, and this is the App Masters Podcast, where we bring on awesome guests to really hear their journey. And I know what you guys love most is hearing from people who are kind of doing it on the side. We're able to then transition to a full-time. We've got a phenomenal story from a friend of mine that I got to meet, and I just love the idea for the app. So the app is called Upendo. Arthur, you tell me if I'm saying that right or not. But Upendo is a Y-O-U, Pendo. And what it allows you to do is send what he calls paper planes, send it into the universe where anybody can catch it. And so I can go into the app and catch random paper planes from people. And I'm going to tell him, let him tell you a little bit more about where he came up with the idea and the philosophy. What I really love about this mission is where, you know, I feel like, especially during these crazy times, especially in the U.S. with police brutality and the coronavirus and this pandemic, like we're all connected. We should all be connected. We're all one. And I think that's the real mission of this. Like, how do we really try to inspire people? Not like be our true authentic self. Whereas Instagram, I feel like I have to put a persona in front of everybody here with Upendo. And I've been using the app a lot is kind of like, I can just share my random thoughts without feeling like I'm going to be judged in any way. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Arthur Vinshuk, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Upendo. Go check out the app. It's on Google Play and iOS, or you can check out the website, upendo.com. Arthur, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much for the really warm introduction. I hope I did justice, man. Perfectly. Cool, man. So yeah, talk to me about like, what was the beginning look looking like for you guys, how you started it, and then how you're able to like really transition in that full-time basis. Sure. So um, I've actually never told you that before. And um, so you know that I was living in the United States with my best friend and girlfriend for five years, actually in Philly. And we had our first startup. And at one point we, we realized, all right, because our big dream was always to stay in the U.S., and it's pretty tough to do that as an international. So as an international entrepreneur, you need to raise $500,000 in order to do so. And with our first startup, that was pretty unrealistic. So um, we stopped working on our first startup and we've always been fascinated by human connection. And that's why we decided to work on Upendo. And the funny thing is we start working on Upendo first as a sidekick and um, yeah, needed some money. So we launched a Kickstarter campaign and we've been actually able to successfully um, raise, the, raise our desired amount. And the funniest thing was 
one of our friends shared our Kickstarter campaign on Facebook. And he is a good family friend who is interested in investing in startups. And this family friend um, saw, saw the video of us pitching Upendo um, as a Kickstarter campaign. So he messaged us, got in touch with us. We talked to him and yeah, he made us an offer. Wow. And there was one condition to this offer. Remember, I told you that we start working on Upendo in order to stay in the US. Right. And uh, there was one condition to the offer. In so in order to partner up, we needed to move to Germany and work here full time on Upendo. So yeah, didn't quite out work, work out the way we intended to, but um, yeah, we um, partnered up with an incredible angel investor and um, started working full time on Upendo he, over here in Germany. So I'm going to look all on the, the Kickstarter. I love that Kickstarter. And yeah, I had no idea as well. And this is why I like being a little bit organic with this type of stuff. What was, do so you hit, you match your goal and you weren't raising a whole lot of money, which I think is part of the, the, the best practices that I've heard. Like don't put a huge amount, put what yeah. you, what do you think attributed to that success? Like what would you, what kind of tips would you give somebody for who wants to run a Kickstarter campaign to eventually meet your goals? Um, first of all, it's all about preparation. So you definitely should give yourself at least two months of time in order to properly prepare yourself. Uh, it's, the video is the key. The video is the key. So definitely show your faces, be authentic, be vulnerable, and clearly state out why you're, why you're working on this idea, why you have this idea, why you have this vision. Because, I mean, the people understand that the product really doesn't exist so far, that the product might iterate, and that's why they, they will just fully, fully donate um, based on who you are and based on what the idea is. And obviously it helps if you, yeah, if you contact your network. So we've been, the first time we actually pitched our Kickstarter to um, our friends, families, colleagues, and whosoever was one month before the Kickstarter campaign went live. And then every week on, Okay, remember our Kickstarter campaign is going live in three weeks, two weeks, one week. And then we even threw a launch party, which helped as well. And yeah, that's how, we were, how we've been able to successfully raise our goal. Okay, I want to get into a couple of different things with what you just said. When you said vulnerability, show vulnerability, how did you guys go show vulnerability? I mean, um, it's, it's always easier said than done, but... Yeah, we, we just tried to share why we are so fascinated by, the, by um, this vision. And yeah, also we, we asked for help. I mean, we didn't, try to, we didn't try to play around with potential backers. We clearly said, hey, this is our vision and we need your help in order to achieve this vision. So um, I, I'm not really sure if there's a formula for vulnerability besides being your authentic self. Yeah, I like it. And uh, some of the things that I've shared in the past is just like, you know, some of the struggles essentially. And I think, what are you struggling with kind of opening up to that and kind of getting it out there, right? Like it's, it's kind of scary to share it with people in a public platform, in a public forum, but show that that's how you show vulnerability. What are you really afraid of, you know, and talk about that. And so the, the other thing I want to move on to too, unless you have anything to add, so feel free to add on to that, but it's the launch party. Talk to me about this launch party. Is it in-person, virtual? What was this about? It was, it was in-person. So we actually um, rented, a, rented a little space, invited every, every person we knew. And yeah, we, um, what was it? Oh, yeah. 
they needed to share our Kickstarter campaign in order to get in the party. Uh, it was that simple. Just, just share it on your social media, show us that you did. And yeah, you can get in, have some free drinks, some free food and That's have a good awesome. time. <laughs> the cool thing is, so we didn't even ask them to donate in order to get in, but I'd say 50 to 75% donate right away. Yeah. I love that. And it's, I think the other thing that I've heard too, and I think you guys have done this really well as I'm looking at your Kickstarter campaign, I'll link that into the show notes as well. It's beautifully designed, right? And you kind of talk about the mission behind it. You have things like you don't have to be mother Teresa to be a giver. You just have to find small ways to add large value to other people's life. You know, like you, and then you have this journey, be part of our journey. Here's when we started developing it. Here's when this will be ready. Here's when the Kickstarter went live. And so the fact that I've also heard from others is, you know, they want to show, they don't want just an idea. They want to show that, Hey, you're in the middle. This is, and you guys kind of put this in there. Like we just need this small amount to get us over the hump to finish the final touches. And I like that. So people feel like this is going to happen, right? Like I just need a little bit more to make it happen. Not, this is just, this isn't just some random idea that I have that I'm going to, you know, put together because of the money. No, I already started putting together. I just need your help to finish it off. You're spot on, spot on. I like it, brother. Okay, so talk to me about this. Was it just a family friend? Was it just because you were doing this Kickstarter that you got the funding? And what was that process look like with getting that email to then getting fully funded? Um, so yeah, we got that email, and from there on, it was it was business. So we, I mean, we didn't know we didn't know him before. Um, obviously, we've I mean, we've heard from him. We've heard from him from our friend, and um, yeah, from there on, it was business. So we hopped on the first call. He just asked us a couple of questions. Okay, what is this about? Um, what are you guys doing? Why are you working on this? And one call turned into an, to another. And after five or six conversations, um, he finally made us an offer. So for us, it was, oh, we really didn't go in there because we actually wanted to bootstrap you, Pendo. We wanted to bootstrap it. And that's why we, we were doing the Kickstarter campaign. But... Yeah, out of nowhere, we got that incredible offer um, from a really, really good partner. And yeah, that's why we decided to, to raise our pre-seed round. Okay. And I want to get into some of that questions about raising was that experience. But back to last thing on the Kickstarter campaign, is there anything that you think you would do differently? Knowing that you hit your goal, you, you kind of accomplished what you set out to do, but is there anything you would do differently? I'll probably even um, put out an even smaller goal in order to create momentum quicker. I see. Especially in order to get a better. So we were the number one app on Kickstarter for, uh, for almost a week. But um, yeah, in order to break the algorithm, in order to hack the algorithm, definitely rather hit a small goal, hit it as quickly as possible, and that will bring you to the top charts of Kickstarter. When I think about a Kickstarter campaign right there, I'm always like, what should the you know rewards be? What should those things be? How did you guys come up with that and any recommendations around what the reward should be too it's super tough so if you're a software product if you're a mobile app um super tough so kickstarter is in general a very tough place for mobile apps if you have a physical product it's way way easier as a mobile app you do have to be creative you do have to be creative with the rewards and um yeah we we were pretty creative <laughs> In what way were you creative? In what way we were creative? Um, yeah. So 
So, so our business model had changed, has changed and we have communicated that to our backers and all of them were okay with that. And, uh, but back then, um, yeah, we, we were basically forced to create a business model for the app, even though the app hadn't even existed yet. And that is very, that is very difficult because as a mobile app, you have to iterate with your users. And with the Kickstarter campaign, we had to figure everything out. We have to figure out the pricing. We have to, we had to figure out all the premium, the subscription models. And, but we were fully honest and fully transparent with, um, with the possibility of the rewards being changed in the future. Because um, as long as you know, maybe if you're a dating app, you can set, you can set the rewards clearly, but as a social network, it's super tough. Yeah, I like it, dude. Okay, the, the thing I wanna get into the funny stuff would be, you know, you always think that things are gonna go happen a lot quicker than they do. And so what were maybe some of the tough questions that you got from the investor? How were you able to deal with this? And then also, you know, the same question that I asked you about Kickstarter, like, is there anything looking back on it now? Like, oh, I should have done this better or I could have proved this or I would have been way prepared for this X, Y, and Z. Because you just don't know until you actually do it. You're absolutely right. So I have to tell you, we were very lucky. So we are very lucky with, the, with, the, with our partners and we are very lucky with the offer they made. So there was, we negotiated, of course, it's, it's totally normal to negotiate, but um, they made it easy for us. They made it easy for us. And one thing though for us was that we didn't go in there with the intention, um, with the mindset of raising money. And I think that made it way, way easier for us. And, and that's something that a lot of people preach, like um, raise money if, when you don't need it. Right. Never raise money when you actually need it. So we were in a very lucky spot and we went in there confident and with the mindset that we don't even want your money. Um, if you make us a really good offer, then we might be up for it. And that helped us a lot. That helped us a lot. And I wish, I hope that I'll be able to yeah, project that in the future as well when we're going to race our seed round and yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Hey, when you were developing the product, talk to me about that product journey. Cause you know, obviously I've been a user of the app too. And so we got connected and what were you kind of focused on? Because you have this vision, right? Like how do we create something where that connects the global community into one? And one of the quotes that I loved hearing from you was like, you know, we're able to be our true authentic self to people that we're either really, really close to or people we don't know at all. Right. We're very, very far too. And so talk to me about having this vision, but then how do you execute on that? What were some things that you were really, really focused on? Cause I know some of the numbers, if you want to share it, but your retention rates really, really high. So how are you able to get to this vision to a really high retention rate? So for us, it was very important to launch and iterate quickly um, based on our value hypothesis. So we really wanted to prove our value hypothesis as quickly as possible. And, it, and, our value, and our value hypothesis is that people want to discover and share the little things that matter to them with strangers around the world. And um, there's one element um, that we had to prove right away. And it is, do people really want to do that? Do people really want to share personal stuff with strangers around the world? So for us, it was, okay, we have to prove this value hypothesis as quickly as possible. And uh, it took us three months to build our MVP, which I think is a fairly good time. And the feedback was right away incredible. So we thought, 
maybe five to 10% will actually send out paper planes. We assume that everyone will be hooked to catching paper planes and seeing those emotions, thoughts, and moments from people around the world. But actually sharing a message and not knowing who the recipient will be, that's, that's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. But um, yeah, so regarding the numbers, 36% of all our users who had downloaded the app have sent out at least one paper plane. Wow. So that was right away a big learning for us. We're like, wow, we are right on track. We are right on track. So that was a really relieving moment because our value hypothesis, the core has been proven. So now we can really, now we don't need to pivot. We can iterate around this value hypothesis and iterate with the user and find the best possible product for the user. I love that, dude. How did you go about, so one, how did you go about the testing that hypothesis? What, did you guys do any type of marketing to get those early users to validate that proposition? The earliest marketing, so our MVP was our Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time when we validated the product. Um, but besides that, what we also did was um, we asked people, hey, would you, would you like to record a video of yourself so we can share it on our Instagram, so we can share it with random people? So it was really those small validations. But till our MVP was out, we never had final proof that uh, we are on the right track, that um, our value hypothesis is actually something that brings value to our users' lives. You know, what I liked about Kickstarter, what you said too, Arthur, was that we had a built-in base. Right? Like, yes, you got to get find success on Kickstarter and you know, going through some of the things that you shared will help you find success. But also like, you have this built-in audience who's going to help you validate that proposition. And so you have this vision, they understand the vision, they're backing your vision, but then to actually, for you to execute on it, on that vision, they sort of help you validate it along, along the same lines too. Exactly. Have you guys thought about potentially doing like, as you grow, what are you seeing as the numbers grow? So you're getting out of this like filtered people who are like, I'm passionate about this vision, but so they're like, they're more probably like, you know, plain devil's advocate, they're more likely to validate your proposition because they're already behind your vision as well. Have you been able to figure out, okay, random people, what are they doing? People who didn't back our surveys, people are just coming to the app store, finding my, our app. Are they doing, are they, are they still have that high retention rate too? Can you please repeat that question? Yeah, I was just saying like, because you're going to a tapped in audience to validate your value population, mm -hmm. yes, they backed you. So they understand your vision. They're behind you already. So they're more, probably more likely to validate it too. But what has happened to people who are just finding the app and didn't back your, your Kickstarter? That's a great question. So our retention rate um, from week over week has actually been getting better uh, with every single cohort. So. Um, that was also good to know that, um, yeah, it looks like pe people really seem hooked by the idea of catching virtual paper planes and yeah, catching, like our users that. like to say catching love, catching happiness. And it's, that's pretty cool. The, I love product and obviously I'm a user of the app. So what were you kind of thinking from a product perspective, the design perspective, like how do we valid best validate this? idea with the product now because it's very simplistic so like talk to me about what were you guys thinking around those lines um, so simplicity has been very important for us um what we what we used to like to do with our first start with our first app was always um 
I'm not sure how I can explain it, but we used to think in conditions. So what if this happens? What should we do? What should we prepare if the user does this? Okay, what should happen if the user does this and this and this? So we thought a lot in if statements. And now um, whenever we have an if statement, we catch ourselves and we just launch it. And the, we just launch it without any if statements from our side. Because what we learned is that the more if, states, if statements we bring in, so the, the more complicated the product gets and the tougher it will be for us to actually get good feedback from our users. So instead of um, having option A and split it up into A, B, C, D, let's just give them option A and it will be way easier for us to judge on what we should build next. Do you have an example of something that you're like, no, let's not have option A, B, C, D, let's just launch with A? Um, not top of my mind, but let me, let me think for a second. Maybe, maybe I can think about it later. Okay. Yeah. I love that approach too. Cause I do think that people struggle with this a lot. And I hear from people all the time, like, well, if they did this, I didn't want them doing that too. And, right. or if they did this, I didn't want them doing that too. And so I love the simplicity of the app as I, you know, we're, we're focusing on the product side too, and sort of helping you with that too. But you got some feedback, like you found out that, you know, I think, I think you won't mind saying this, but like you found out that people were catching a lot of paper planes too. So like, yes, 30 odd percent were creating that people were catching a lot of paper planes too. And I was telling you, Arthur, and I was like, it's not easy. Like I have to go back to catch another paper plane. So the fact yeah. that people are catching all these paper planes when it's not an easy process speaks to the volumes. But I think that's where you can kind of gone to the ABCD. Like, well, we're going to assume people are catching a lot of planes. So let's make it super simple for them. Maybe follow TikTok and could do a swipe up so that every swipe up, it becomes another paper plane. But you know, you made it super simple. So the fact that they're catching paper planes, so many paper planes, even though it's so difficult, not, not difficult, but like, even though catching the second one becomes a little bit more difficult, catching the first one's easy, catching the second one's e harder. You're like, oh, let's make it simpler now. People are catching it. Now we can make it simpler because our value proposition is sort of validated too. Yeah, it's a process. Yeah, yeah I like it, man. Okay, the, what I also want to talk about is you're so numbers driven. I love that too. And I think that's probably why you got that investment. You're like, I know this, I know that. What are the tools that, because I hear this from early on too, and I always tell developers, focus on that retention, focus on all these things. What are the tools that you're using to really figure out what's the retention look like? How many paper planes are people catching? All this stuff that you've been able to rattle off. So there are many tools that allow you to track event-based metrics. I think the two um, leading platforms are Mixpanel and Amplitude. We are using Mixpanel and um, so far we're loving it. We're loving it. It's a, it's a total game changer. It's a total game changer and that's nothing, that's nothing, that's not something that you should wait with. Um, do it right away from the, from the first launch of the MVP. The first time someone outside of your team uses the app, you should already have um, your, your, your tracking tool in place. Have you guys considered, is it, is it a free tool or is it something that you paid from right from the start? So um, we've actually gotten in touch with their sales representatives and they have really good startup plans. So I think, Amplitude is free for the first year, but Mixpanel has very good startup plans. So as long as you have raised below $2 million, um, it's, very, it's fairly cheap. So right now we're paying $365 per year. Per year. Oh, so it's like a dollar a day. That's really cheap, man. 
Have you guys ever considered doing Facebook analytics or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, there are Facebook analytics, there's Google analytics, but it's, it's not the same. So definitely have your event-based metrics in place. It is, it is a game changer because I mean, Google analytics is a great tool in order to track marketing metrics and in order to get your vanity metrics, such as your number of downloads, etc. And I think you can build some cohorts with that as well, but uh, Mixpanel is a game changer. It is a game changer. Was there, any, was there anything early on? I know I just saw from a, another the potential client where they're using Instabug and I was like, well, this tool is kind of cool. Were you guys doing anything like that to get that early feedback from users so that people aren't just like, kind of like exiting the app, they're able to give you guys feedback too? Um, no, we haven't, we haven't. So um, we actually have a really good uh, funnel conversion. I think it's at 99.7% Wow. From people who download the app. Because our sign-up process is literally just one, just two steps, you know, depending on what you sign in with. With Facebook, it's even only one step. How, did you always have that Apple sign-in feature? Because I feel like that's, that's a game changer too, that Apple added that stuff. Like, it's, it's a pretty cool tool. It's such a game changer. It really is. Um, it was required for all the apps that are coming, that only came out um, starting April 2020. So it was a requirement for us but a total game changer. The users are loving it. And actually a lot of people are like, damn, that's the first time I've seen this. Upendo is so cool. I didn't even know that, that exists. <laughs> like That feature. That's awesome. Yeah, Apple sign in. I had no idea it was required because I'm seeing a lot of apps do this. I was like, this is brilliant. Are you seeing more people sign up through the Apple side versus Facebook? What are you guys yeah, seeing? For them it was also like a magic moment. <laughs> it almost feels like it's more secure in a way, right? Like it's my phone. I feel more secure about giving my info to Apple and Upendo versus oh, another Facebook login type of thing. It is. It is. And um, unfortunately for Android, as of right now, we only have the Facebook login and um, yeah, the people don't really, people don't really trust Facebook. So we definitely need some other options there as well. Yeah. Hey, how's it like working with your girlfriend? I had no idea that it was, you guys were partners in this venture too. Um, she, she's not working directly with us. So oh, she, okay. supports, she supports me in anything possible. And, Got it. Uh, but now it's just, um, my best friend and myself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. I thought when you said your best friend, I thought it was your girlfriend as well. <laughs> 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 That's awesome, man. So talk to me about what, what, what are you guys currently focused on? Like what's your top of mind right now? So our big goal is to raise our seed round and in order to do so, we have to keep on improving our numbers. So our clear goal is to be in the top 10% of um, social media apps when it comes to re retention and engagement metrics. And that should give us a really good boost in order to get good responses from um, investors. But besides that, yeah, that's it. Our big goal, um, raising our seed round till August, August, September. And before that, we do have some work to finish. When you say, you know, the retention, how are you able to pull that number? So are those readily available? Just a Google search and you can find all the retention numbers of the social networks. So Mixpanel um, has, has launched a pretty cool report. It's called Mixpanel benchmark reports. And I think it's since they have access to, I mean, millions of data points um, they just use their own data points and that way they were able to create this report. Awesome. Talk to me about some of the new features that we talked about too, that, that you're starting because you know you're so data driven which i love about you arthur what are some new features that you're now starting to build within the app um so for us 
as you know, with um, apps where you interact with strangers, it's, it's really important to create a safe space. And the big difference uh, with Upendo in regards to other stranger apps is that Upendo is not anonymous. So people have their profile, people have a true identity. And um, some people have the false belief that in order to be authentic and vulnerable, I need someone, I need a, I need someone anonymous to talk to, but it's not the case. It simply has to be a stranger. But yeah, still the focus is on creating a very safe space. And so far we don't have enough data points to have a good machine learning or AI tool in, in place that can really filter content. But uh, we do have a decent AI tool in place that can filter images and videos. So uh, what's really tough to monitor is video chats and text. That's why we're staying away from video chat and text and are fully focused on images and videos. So the next step for us will be that now you'll be able to not write usual and regular comments on paper planes, but you'll be able to reply with another image or video and almost be able to build a chain of paper planes coming from one paper plane. Um, we think this is going to bring a great user experience. This is going to keep the user hooked, but at the same time, it also creates, it makes life easier for us to really create a safe space for our users. Mm. And this has been the, yeah, this has been the big focus. And the other cool thing is that um, we'll be, we'll be also launching a photo and video editor where you can edit um, photos and videos uh, on almost Instagram like, and yeah, that's something that people are really looking forward to as well. How did you guys come up with this whole paper chain model? Is it something that's always been in the vision or was this like user feedback, you know, data driven? Um, this has been data driven. So um, you just didn't really ask for that. Um, we just saw it by, by obviously watching all paper planes in the app and by checking the data, we saw that the comments, I mean, people like to comment on paper planes, but the comments are not too meaningful. Uh, we think that people could express themselves way more with an image or video. Obviously we assume that this is going to bring this is going to decrease the number of comments and replies to pay points, but this is going to increase the quality of it because oftentimes it is something along the lines of, Hey, thank you. That made my day. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for the love. Mm -hmm. And um, especially for those type of messages, it'll be way more powerful if there's an actual face behind it. Yeah. I like that. And I only bring that up because I think, I just want the audience to hear that everything is data driven. Isn't like, and I love that approach. It's not always like, what does Arthur think, right? Like what, what should we do? No, it's just, you get it out there. You've always been like this rather than going, if then, if then else, if then else, if then else, what about just one if, and then let's see what happens and sort of what, that's what you've done. And you've kind of used that data to build out more features too. The, I can actually give you an example with yeah, the, if hit me. so, um, so one thought that we have was, okay, if we are implementing, the add a reply with an image or video. What is going to happen if a user is, I'm not, I'm not sure, um, in, in her sweatpants or in the train right now and actually can't send out an image or video. So you see, we, uh, and we caught ourselves with the if, because our next uh, assumption was, you know what? We need to build in um, gradients so that people can just type in text on, on like uh, default images that we, that we present to them. And um, if we would have done that, adding those default images where people can add on text, it would be way harder for us to eventually judge if people even like the feature at all of, add, of replying to a paper plane with an image or video. 
because now I mean we're not really sure hmm do they like to reply with images or videos or do they still like to reply with text so we cut out the if statement and only give the user the opportunity to reply with images or videos and if they do it then if they're doing it it's good. that's good <laughs> yeah and we can work on that if, if not it'll be way easier for tell for for us to judge and we can just go back to the to the text or we can add the text option and see okay how, what what type of impact is that going to have yeah yeah if we add if we add the text now i love that too going to use it more i love that too and I, I think the 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 thing that i've learned from you is step by step right like hey this if let's not go through this if then else type of thing this if if it works great this doesn't work okay we'll try this one more thing that doesn't work great we're not going to try to build two p two blocks at once we're just going to build this one block and then see if that works if that's good enough great we've got something there maybe we can improve upon it that doesn't work we'll try this one other thing that doesn't work then shoot we spent we spent some more time and the fact that you were able to launch quickly and iterate is better so you you broke down all those blocks and just did that first block and got it out there too you're totally right brother i like it cool brother this has been awesome is there anything else you're going to make sure we cover before we hit the big finish um nothing from my side no um just I mean, obviously a little request. We've just launched the app. We know it's not perfect yet. And that's exactly why we need feedback. So if there's anyone listening, anyone who, um, who believes in the vision of creating a social experience that actually allows you to be your authentic self, please check out the app and really share with us your radical candor because um, that's what we're looking for. So if you don't like it, let us know. We're going to be happy and we, I can promise you that. We will actually listen to your feedback and approve based on your feedback. I love it, man. Well, that's why I wanted to have you on because I was just a believer in the vision. I do. I love seeing people from all parts of the world. So the more parts of the world that we can start covering with Upendo, I think the more value we're going to bring in that our shared human experience is very similar. And while we may look differently on the outside, the inside is pretty much the same. So I love that vision as well. So go check out the app. It's called Upendo. Arthur. Uh, let's go. <laughs> I usually have a tagline. Let's leave, leave this all this in. This has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. So besides you, Pendo, give us another app that we should definitely check out. Another app that you should definitely check out. Um, is it, should it be my favorite app or like a little uh, hint? I, either way works for me, man. All right, let me, let me, let me check real quick. Let me check real quick an app that I, that I love using. To be honest, um, so an app that you should definitely check out um, if you're interested in learning new languages. I'm not sure it's over in the US, but um, everyone talks about Duolingo. Mm -hmm. What helped me a lot to learn um, Spanish, and I'm actually learning again, um, it's Babel. B-A-B-B-E-L. is. Um, I've checked out a lot of language apps and definitely the best one by far. Oh, I like it. Yep. I've checked out Duolingo, but I haven't, I've heard of Babel, but I haven't used it. So if you want to learn a new language, you should check it out. Yeah, I do. But the thing I hate about Duolingo is like, I'm never going to use these words. Like I'm learning how to speak these words. I'm like, I'm never going to use this. So like, how do you have a conversation with somebody? These are the words that I want to learn, right? Like, so, all right, I'll definitely check it out. Cause I want my son to learn Spanish. <laughs> What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? And it could be personal or business. Focus on building a great product instead of focus on building a great company. 
I love it, man. The app is called Upendo. Go check it out on Google Play, iOS as well. If you want to check out the website, it is upendo.com. Arthur, if the audience wants to follow up with you personally or say thank you for coming on, do you want to send, do you want to send them anywhere else? Uh, just Upendo. So I'm personally um, not too much on social media. I'm a lot on Upendo. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can reach out to us on our website or just on, on Instagram at Upendo. This is awesome, man. Thank you so much for building this product. I love your vision. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your Kickstarter success, how you're able to raise money and why you're so damn product focused, man. So data driven. I love it so much. Arthur, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.